Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's on, everybody? And welcome back to the Thursday edition. It's Thursday. Thursday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I am your host, Josh Harris. We are sponsored by Vivid Picks. We'll have a nice deal for you later in the show there. Just wanted to thank Cliffy for filling in, going solo on Tuesday. A lot of people uh, tuned in for that one. A lot of people, like, solo shows are incredibly difficult. Like, I don't think people realize talking to yourself for an hour is not as easy as it sounds to be. Or, what? what I don't know what I just said, but you know what I mean. Well, not out loud anyway. I do it in my head all the time. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it was difficult. I did solo shows for two or three years before joining Stochastic, and that's probably why I'm crazy. But we're, we're sponsored by Vivid Picks. Like I said, I need to keep saying that because I'm gonna I'm gonna mess that up. Uh, we have a eleven gamer here tonight late hammer that we're obviously going to have to talk about it's you know edmonton is in san jose tonight and then tomorrow the sharks travel to vegas so it's back-to-back late hammer sharks night and it's just like i'm i'm kind of hoping that someone just pulls the fire alarm in that arena and they can't figure it out until february yes and as someone pointed out we do have a min-priced goalie tonight we will get to that. You liking this slate outside of the Sharks? Yeah, I mean, one thing I like about it is, like, there are obviously some high-octane offenses on the slate, but they're all a lot of them are in good matchups, and what that does is it should spread out the ownership. Like, you know, we'll get to Edmonton. Obviously, there should be a lot on Edmonton, but Tampa Bay at home to Chicago, Dallas against Columbus, Vancouver's in Ottawa, uh, Detroit's at home to Montreal. Like Detroit, at the very least, has had a great top line. Colorado at home to Seattle. Seattle's not been that great. Like Pittsburgh's on their third string goalie going into Los Angeles, and Los Angeles is just beating the holy hell out of everybody. Like, I hate when there are slates and there's a bunch of even matchups, and then you have Edmonton and San Jose. But the fact that there are so many teams in pretty good spots, so many good teams and good lines in good spots, I like a slate like that. Yeah, and I guess it kind of plays in our favor a little bit because uh, Wood Jay Woodcroft decided to balance out his lines, so McDavid and Drysaitel are not together. Still, they're going to be on the power play together. But if it was if they loaded that top line in San Jose tonight, that you know that just would have been a mess. They would have been like 40, 50%. But they still are going to get a ton of ownership tonight. 
we should get into this slate before we do. We had uh, someone in our Discord uh, reach out saying that his daughter has a brain tumor and she's getting brain surgery today. So if you guys can give some positive thoughts, vibes to the man in Discord. If you're not in the Discord, I'm not going to dox him. I'm not going to say his name, but just know that we're thinking about you, thinking about your family. So good vibes only there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't, I honestly could just cannot possibly imagine that. Um, obviously, we're pulling for you, pulling for her. Uh, good luck. Hope to get here some very good news very soon. Yeah. So hopefully that goes well, and then we can announce that on a later show. Before we get into the slate, make sure to give us a like, a subscribe, so you can keep up with all of our shows giveaways and much more once you subscribe hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live youtube isn't for you you can find all of our content on the stochastic podcast channels uh make sure to leave us a five-star review you can obviously be a part of the hall of fame stochastic hall of fame by changing your avatar on DraftKings and FanDuel by downloading the avatar at stochastic.com backslash avatar you can you have to place in the top three of a contest with over 5K contestants. Then you tweet the win to us or X the win to I don't even know what how to say that anymore. And then you win one free month of Stochastic Package of your choice. You can only win one time a year. Let's get into this slate. Cliffy's got to go see the Marvels. I do. <laughs> and I'm going to, we're going to see it tomorrow. So let's start with yeah, we will. Let's let's start with a banger. Not really. It's a pretty miserable game. New York Islanders with a 2.5 total heading into Boston. The Bruins have a 2.9 total. Pierre Engvall makes one turnover, and he's scratched. Good times. I, I don't really know what to make of this game. It's a 5.5 total. There are a ton of 6.5s, tons of 7s. I, I guess I know what to make of it. Like it's it's going to be hard for me to get anywhere here in one to three. If anything, it's going to be on the Boston side there at home. They dictate matchups, but still, like, scratching Angval. I don't know, man. Like that line is so good. He made one mistake. I don't know who's taking his spot. We'll have to wait and see. Could be Wallstrom. Could be someone else. A beat writer literally just tweeted. He- Assuming Horvat plays tonight, he's with the team. He traveled with the team. Um, he thinks it's going to be Horvat, Barzal, Wallstrom, and then Anders Lee takes Engball's spot on the second line. Well, I'll let you take it away. Do you have any interest in this game? Not particularly. Um, like, I do like the Boston top line here. I kind of – I probably should mention that. Like, one thing Boston is doing is they're not using Pasternak in that shutdown role, Right. Um, they're using Pasternak and Zaka um, against second and third lines. Now, <laughs> the Islanders' third line in particular has not been very good this year. Um, the second line was really good with Angval there. Now, with Anders Lee there instead, like he's just – if this was five years ago, I would say, okay, yeah, they could probably still be pretty good. Anders Lee, since those knee surgeries, he's just – he's still an, a, an effective player, a useful player he's just not as good as he was like, that's the problem. And I kind of like that Boston one going into that second line. And especially that third line, they're really not that expensive. Um, You know, Marchand being on the top line over James Van Riemstuck is going to add a couple grand, but you know, it's going to leave their ownership in low single digits. It's just, you're facing Ilya Sorokin, right? 
Um, that's kind of one thing that worries me. It's still no Charlie McAvoy. Like you mentioned on the, uh, on Tuesday's show, um, he's a guy that can really help them move the puck. And when you, when you're missing him and Matt Grizzly, those are two pretty important puck movers for them. So if I take anything out of this game, it's probably Boston one. Um, I don't mind that matchup for them at all. Um, it's just, can they get enough past Sorokin? It's, it, it comes down to whether Sorokin, you know, kind of bails the Islanders out here tonight or not. Like that's, and he can do that. He does that a lot, actually. Like that's the big concern. So I do like Boston one. Um, other than that, not a whole lot of interest for me on the Islanders side. Like a Horvat, Wallstrom, Barzal line, I would have interest in because I think that would be an extremely low owned combination if we only get that news at warmups, right? Like a lot of people won't have that um, in their in their portfolio, but in a single entry. Um, I don't know if it would if that would be necessary. There are enough low-owned spots elsewhere, so I think it's just Boston one for me. Yeah, there are a ton of low-owned projected lines that I like tonight that would trump that Islanders line. We'll save that for another slate. Let's move on to the next one here. Montreal with a three total heading into Detroit. The Wangs have a 3.6 total. This is an interesting game. Uh, it, it seems that uh, Shane Gostisbehere is going to be out tonight. I don't know if that's Injury-related, healthy scratch-related, personal-related. I don't know. He's out. Now, to bring Cat, Larkin, Raymond, around the same price as Boston won, coming in projected a little bit under 5%, fully correlated against a team that takes a truckload of penalties. Now, I have interest there. I'll let you talk about uh, Jake Wallman, who's replacing him on the power play, and how you think that affects it. Now, on the flip side... Caulfield, Suzuki, Slavkovsky projected under a half a percent. And let's not let's not pretend here like Detroit's a defensive juggernaut. They are not a very good team defensively. Montreal one is 16,400. They let me down a little bit the other night against Tampa. This is a better matchup, though. 0.3%. I have some interest in that Montreal top line. Yeah, I agree. And I'll just start on the Montreal uh, side real quick. Like they, uh, offensively, I thought they they looked good because I've watched both games since Slipkowski got moved to the top line. I thought they've looked good offensively. They're a mess defensively. I think that's kind of about what you'd expect from them, right? Um, you know, 59 shot attempts, 3.3 expected goals per 60 minutes since Slipkowski got moved up there. They're up to nearly 30 minutes together. It's not a lot, obviously. Um, you know, Slaff is playing 16 to 18 minutes, which is a lot more than you would play elsewhere in the lineup. The other thing is, is Detroit uses their second line in that shutdown matchup. Um, not often, but a little bit. And, you know, we keep talking about it. Just about any line with Andrew Kopp on it is not a good defensive line, at least since he got to Detroit. JT Confer is helping, helping stabilize things a little bit. Um, but, you know, Oli Mata on Detroit's defense is having a pretty bad season. Um, Jeff Petrie has been a healthy scratch a lot because he's been having a bad season. Like once you get past Wallman and Cedar, there's ways you can take advantage of that Detroit defense. Um, I really don't mind Montreal one here. The thing, like there are a bunch of lines or not a bunch, but there's a handful of lines around that 16 K mark. I think Nashville is one of them. Columbus is going to be another one where they're all around 16 K and they're all coming in under 1% owned. And it's like, what differentiates Montreal um, from the others? And it's a couple things. One, 
Detroit takes a lot of penalties. They're at 3.8 times shorthanded per game. That's like the league average 3.5. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it puts them in the top 10 in that regard. Um, and Montreal's also drawing a lot of power plays. They're, they're getting the fourth most power plays per game of any team in the league. And you get Suzuki and Caulfield on the top unit. And it's not like Detroit's penalty kill is exceptional. Like it's not awful, but it's not great. Um, I don't think you necessarily have to go to Montreal wanting a single entry. If I'm playing 20 max, if I'm playing 100 lineups, 150 lineups, I, like I would absolutely get like one to two percent Montreal, uh, Montreal's top line in there. Um, the second line for Montreal is also interesting, but they're coming in with a, a little bit more ownership. You only get one guy on the top power play unit, so I think I want to get as much exposure to the top power plays I can. So it's Montreal one. I, like, I honestly, I don't hate the idea of Montreal 2 here tonight. They're also coming in under 1% owned. They're only 13K. So if you do need a filler line that has been playing well, like Montreal 2, 3.3 expected goals for, 4.4 actual goals for for 60 minutes. Like, Brendan Gallagher has 16 shots in his last five games, and they're only playing 13, 14 minutes a night. Like, he's really starting to find his old shooting group again. So I really don't mind Montreal 2 if you need them as a filler. I just like Montreal 1 more because I want more guys on the top power play unit. But it is the Detroit side I like the best here. Um, like, let's face facts. Uh, that Detroit top line has been really good this year. Even if they've been outscoring their expected goals by a little bit, they've been slowing down, and they're down to 4.6 goals per 60 minutes. But there's, that's with, like, 13.5% shooting, which is a little high. But, like, when, you know, 12, uh, this line could be 12% over the full course of the season. So I wouldn't expect the goal scoring to really come down that much further. And as you said, Montreal takes a ton of penalties. Um, they're the second, still the second most penalized team in the league behind only Anaheim. So they're the most penalized team on the slate tonight. Penalty kill hasn't been very good. They're giving up over one power play goal against per game and Detroit's power play has been great. Now I do have concerns with Wallman running it. I like Austin Baird. That's why he was traded. That's why he's on the Detroit Red Wings, right? It's to run a power play. So the fact that they're scratching him against a team that takes a ton of penalties is a little bit of a concern, but you know, Wallman's only 4,400 on DraftKings, so that helps alleviate the concerns a little bit. And they don't need two or three power play goals. Like, they really only need one and then do a bit of damage at even strength where the matchups still favor Detroit. So Detroit 1 is easily uh, my favorite line uh, here in this game. I'll bring up top stacks. You said they're not coming in with a lot of ownership. 9% top two stack percentage, 4.8% expected ownership on that top line. So, yeah, Detroit 1 for me in this game. I don't mind Montreal one. I might leave Montreal two as a filler, but it's Detroit one that I think um, is really the home run for uh, single entry players. Yeah. And we'll get to defenseman at the end, but Wallman is not going to be on the point. He's going to be on one of the walls, I think, which is kind of weird. I think they were doing that with ghost though. And have seen, they like run a one, three, one power play, which is kind of strange, but um, I don't know. Wallman shooter. So, and <laughs> Montreal does draw a lot of power plays. They don't do too much with it, though. But, you know, if they're going to get, like, five, six a night, I think they are a good play as well. Let's move on to the next game here, the main event of the early games. <sighs> Vancouver Canucks with a 3.5 total. Heading into Ottawa, the Senators have a 3.3 total. Senators went into Toronto and laid pipe. I mean, we'll talk – like, we don't have time to just sit here and bash – Toronto, but holy crap, does Klingberg look lost on the ice? We always have time to bash Toronto. <laughs> Klingberg was a minus four last night. He is lost. Like, he doesn't, like, anytime there's a rush coming at him, he, like, 
it's just dizzy. Anyway, four million dollars. Eric Gustafson, eight hundred thousand. They both got signed to run the power play. Anyway, I played Ottawa one last night. Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Drake Batherson. They had the first two shots of the game. They had three shots in goal the rest of the way. Didn't do shit. Now, Thatcher Demko's not in tonight. I I don't – I watched a lot of that game. I don't particularly love the way that Kachuk, Norris, Batherson looked. On paper, it's a very good line. I test – didn't pass it. So I'm not particularly sure what I want to do with Ottawa here. Now, Vancouver, probably not the best penalty kill, probably not the best defensively, especially when you get past the Hughes-Hronic pairing. You could power place that. And Ottawa 1 is fully correlated. So I guess that is a route. Now, what to do on Vancouver side is a bit more interesting because their five-on-five numbers are bad. Uh, there's no coding it. They've been bad. They've been running. They've been hot with their shooting percentage. They're also very reliant on the power play. Now, this is a very good power play spot. And this, this total is pushing seven. I feel like this is an important game and there's not much ownership here. Yeah. Um, the, for that very reason, uh, like I wrote up Vancouver um, in my picks article today. Um, free to read. Anybody wants to go check it out um, over at stochastic.com. Um, I, I wrote about the Colorado top line and the Vancouver second line. And I wrote about the Vancouver second line for this very specific reason. I was looking at um, how Vancouver has done on the road so far this year. And one thing Vancouver does is they play the Quinn Hughes, Philip Ronick pairing a lot with JT Miller, um, like way more than they do with Elias Pedersen. And that's because they kind of use JT Miller as, as like a, a checking shutdown line. Um, they also are our scoring line, obviously. But what that does is it gives gives JT Miller's line like by far the best defense pairing that Vancouver has, like one of the best defense pairings in the league so far this season. When he was currently the favorite for the for the um, North, yeah, um, yeah, completely. And when they have Quinn Hughes on the ice with them, their numbers are fairly respectable. It's just things get pretty hairy when he's not on the ice with them. But if Quinn Hughes is going to play a ton of minutes with JT Miller and Brock Besser, and they're going to be in what is, like you said, it's it's a good power play or power play spot for Vancouver. Like Vancouver is usually um, in good power play spots, like regardless. Um, but Ottawa's penalty kill, like their goaltending's just been terrible. Save percentage under 800 on the BK. Um, Vancouver really doesn't need to generate a lot on the penalty kill, even though or on the power play, even though they can. So the fact that Miller and Besser are going to play a lot with Quinn Hughes, they're probably going to see more of the Tim Stutzla line. And like Stutzla and Giroux, pretty good offensively, really good offensively. I mean, we saw that last night. They single-handedly won the game in the third period. Um, or double-handedly. I don't know how that works. I think the Leafs lost it in the third <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but they have been they have been fairly leaky defensively. And then you look at the Ottawa blue line. Like the team's averaging like 39 shots against since they lost Brandstrom and Shabbat and Zub to injury. So you're going to get a so a bad defensive line as a matchup, and you're going to get Quinn Hughes behind you, and you're going to get a depleted blue line with a backup goalie in net. I really like Vancouver too here tonight. If you want to turn into a power play stack, stack like I, I think that's a great idea. Like, you know, take out Di Giuseppe, make it a little bit more expensive by adding – uh, P- Patterson making a double center, something like that. I just think 
The Vancouver top six is just too much to pass up. I'm leaning JT Miller and Brock Besser because they play more with Hughes, but I don't have any problem playing anybody on the Vancouver top six. For that reason, I agree with you. I don't like the composition of that Ottawa top line, but if they're going to avoid Quinn Hughes and Philip Ronick a fair amount here tonight, I don't mind the idea of playing them. Um, you know, they're probably going to have to play heavy minutes again. Um, they're only coming in with 6% ownership. They're cheap on DK. They're under they're under $19,000, cheap enough, um, all in the top power play units. So, yeah, like I have absolutely no issues using um, Ottawa 1 here tonight. I just think I'd rather take the cheaper line coming in with less ownership that I think is in a better spot in the JT Miller line. But I just, I love the Vancouver top six here. Yeah. I mean, I think if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to power play stack. Um, I'll, you know, I have to see what I'm going to do with Ottawa because you make some good points with, you're telling me how bad they were without Hughes and Chronic on the ice. It's a scene. Before we go to the next one, we have a $6.99 Canadian Super Chat. That is like $0.48 cents American. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. Thank you very much. Could be Travis. I'm not sure on the conversions. I honestly don't. Took third in the 88 for 800 on Tuesday. Not bad for a basketball guy. As a man from Toronto who now lives in Vancouver, there's always time to bash Toronto. That is true. There is always time to bash Toronto. Vancouver, very lovely city. Very expensive. But congrats to you. Yeah, congrats uh, on that night. Hopefully uh, we can help you to uh, a first place in that contest here soon. Um, but enjoy your time in Vancouver and uh, enjoy the meltdowns whenever they happen from the hockey media because those are always priceless. Yeah. <laughs> that goal that Drew scored because Wall fumbled the puck was almost as bad as anything Klingberg did. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> Let's uh... – Ilya Samsonov, great goalie. Let's move on to the next game here. Minnesota Wild with a 3.1 total heading into the Madison Square Garden. The New York Rangers have a 3.3 total. Igor out, Johnny Quick out. Rangers going with Arizona Coyotes legend Luis Domingue in net tonight. Obviously, Fox and Heedle are still out. Um, Wheeler still up on that top line. <sighs> I am in a bit of conundrum here. Mm-hmm. Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, decent defensive, like pretty good defensive numbers, actually. Actually, really good defensive numbers with Capo Caco up there. Now Blake Wheeler's up there. They're going to get the Boldy, Rossi, Capra's offline. They're getting no ownership, like under 2%. They're fully correlated on the power play. Now the Rangers don't take a ton of penalties, but penalty kill without... Adam Fox, he's one of their best penalty killers. They have their third string emergency goalie going in Luis Domingue. Now he's been in the NHL. He's played in the NHL. He actually played uh, a lot of the series against the Rangers when the I was Rangers. Played. Say he was a playoff goalie for the Lightning, wasn't he? For the Penguins when. Oh you know, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, that's so, right. Like he's serviceable, but at the same time, like Kaprizov, Boldy, Rossi, fully correlated. Not a lot of ownership. I I like them. Now, that's fine. Now, on the flip side, the Rangers are getting a fair bit of ownership, which makes sense because the Wild are a tire fire defensively. Their goaltending has been awful. I just don't want to stack a line with Blake Wheeler on it coming in at 8%. If anything, for the Rangers, I'm going to that second line. They're coming in just under 10%, which feels high for an 11-game slate. But, again, 
you can leave, you can take off Lafreniere, put on Kreider, put on Zabanajad, put on Gustafson for a power play stack. Like the wild penalty kills trash. They take a fair bit of penalties. So I understand the Rangers ownership. I like both sides of this game. Are we like, are people just memory holding that these two teams played against each other five days ago without Fox and Hedo in the lineup and the wild outshot them 39, 18 and won the game five, four. The Rangers had a three, nothing lead and blew it. Yeah. Like, and Minnesota wildly pun intended played them. Um, I, I really like that Minnesota line. There's the ownership that you were talking about. 5.6% top two stack, 1.9% ownership uh, on the top line. Somewhat expensive at 18,200. Like Rossi's starting to climb up. Obviously, Capper's off still always expensive. Um, but no Fox, no Heedle. You're, you know, you're down to your AHL goalie. We just saw this very Minnesota lineup minus Kalen Addison plus Zach Bogosian. Um Basically run over, <laughs> run over the Rangers uh, five days ago. I, like I'm with you. I do like that Minnesota top line here. Um, they they've looked good. They haven't looked great. I I think the issues are more defensive than anything, and they're probably going to look a lot better once Jared Spurgeon gets back. Um, but I yeah, I'm with you. It's it's just too much to pass up at two percent ownership. Um, you know, if I was twenty maxing, I'm definitely getting some of that Minnesota line in like I'm questioning whether to put them in my lineup right now as it is in a single entry. So yeah, I do like Minnesota one. I don't know if I would dip down to Minnesota two. Um, they're probably going to run into um, that Trocheck Panera and Lafreniere line, typically very good defensively um, this season with, with Hedl there. I can't imagine it's going to be much of a drop off of Trocheck. Um, they're used to playing with the second pair defensemen and, and what have you. So I think it's Minnesota one or bust for me. I wrote up Chris Kreider in the picks article today for the simple, for this simple reason is like, I think the Rangers might struggle a little bit at five on five, but on the power play, they're still going to beat Minnesota's brains in, right? Like Minnesota does have legitimately one of the worst penalty kills uh, in the league so far this season. They're giving up the seventh most shot attempts, second most shots and most goals against of any team in the league on the penalty kill so far this season. And Eric Gustafson, he's not Adam Fox at five on five, nowhere close, but on the power play, he's a serviceable replacement for Adam Fox. So I kind of like the Rangers top line here going up against what I think is going to be a weak Minnesota top line, but I wouldn't hate just turning it into a power play stack. Like, you know, keep Blake Wheeler off and add Panarin or add Trocheck. Like Trocheck, I think played 21 minutes. The other game, uh, their last game with Heedle not in the lineup. So, you know, a double center lineup with like Zabanishad, Trocek, and then Ag Kreider or Ad Panarin or something like that. I think that's the way I'd attack the Rangers. I, I like that kind of stack. Um, on the Minnesota side, I do like Minnesota one quite a bit, though. Yeah, and I try to stay away from the homer takes. But Chris Kreider is legitimately one of the best net fronts on a power play in the NHL. And, yeah, he's been, yeah, he's been, it's been like that for like three or four years yeah. now. He's turned himself into a, a bulldozing power forward with a zero IQ to having like a really good niche. So you like to see. It. What, are you, what are you guys waiting for? You, you sign up using the link in the description box below to get access to the best NHL data and tools in the industry. You get player and ownership projections, tops, tax tool, line combinations, 
and access to the best Discord in the land, which is invaluable. There are so many sharp minds in there. Um, you're always going to get access to Cliffy's article. It's free almost every day. Our show is obviously free, but if you're looking to take your game to the next level with player and ownership projections, top stacks, line combination, Discord, click that link in the description below. Get in Discord. Say it came from the show. We'll give you a warm welcome. Clayton will give you the rules, and uh, we'll go from there. Let's uh, talk about the Blackhawks, shall we? Chicago Blackhawks with a 2.7 total. Heading into Tampa Bay, the Lightning have a 3.9 total. Lightning have a 3.9 total and no ownership. That just speaks volumes to Edmonton, who has a 4.3 total against San Jose, right? So if you assume Edmonton's going to be chalk, which they will be, you're going to get a line of Kucherov, Point, and Hagel at lower ownership. Now, it might come up during the day. It might even double. To like eight to nine percent, I'm still super interested in there yeah, at that price, at that ownership. Hegel on the top line looks so much better than Hegel anywhere else. Kucherov's been an animal recently. Uh, Paul Stamkos on the top power play. I really like Tampa power play here. Now, the Hawks, I will say the Hawks penalty kill surprisingly decent in a large sample going back to last year, but it's one of those things like. We just talked about the Rangers. Even when the Rangers power plays in a bad power play spot, they still can get you there. So I, I don't mind a Tampa Bay power play stack, but I think Tampa 1 is easily my favorite line in this game. On the Chicago side, like I guess you could play Bedard, but he his back's got to be hurting him from carrying Nick Felino body around the ice. Like I don't know. Like Outside of maybe Bedard one-off or a Hall one-off or Seth Jones one-off, don't have too much interest in the in the uh Hawks. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna take much time with Chicago. I'm with you, like one off Bedard or something like that. Like before the season, I said I was I think Bedard's gonna have like an Austin Matthews rookie season, which is like 40 goals and maybe like 25 assists. And that's kind of what he's on pace on for, for right now, right? Like he just doesn't have anybody to play with. Like uh, Bill Kershev and Nick Felino's not gonna do it, man. Um, yeah, certainly a Bedard one off is fine. Um that's pretty much it. I'm not going to waste my time talking about Chicago. Um, it is the Tampa Bay side. Like you were talking about um, the ownership. There's the top stacks. Uh, 4% on the top line, 3% on the second line. Uh, a little over 4% as a filler stack third line. We got my Mikey Essimont goal the other night. Andy hit the crossbar too. That could have been a big night for him. Like I'm a, I'm a real big fan of that Tampa third line. Uh, Sorelli and Essimont in particular. Um, I'll like Esmond, he's a high volume shooter. He's a very he's a great four checker. The second and third lines from the Chicago team are trash. Like <laughs> I, I'm perfectly fine, like two man stacking, like Sorelli and Esmond, Sorelli and Chanel. I, like if you want a three man stack them, like I mean, go ahead. This could be one of those games where Tampa only plays their top guys like 17 minutes and gives a lot more time to the bottom six because Tampa's been playing a lot of hockey. It's what four and six nights for them or something like that tonight. Um, Tampa's been playing a lot of hockey. Maybe they want to rest their top guys. They shouldn't need to play Kucherov 22 minutes or whatever here tonight. Um, so I don't mind picking a couple guys from that third line. Um, I love that they put Brandon Hagel back on the top line. Like Hagel's turning into one of my favorite players to watch. Like I hate that I like watching this Tampa Bay team, but I really do. Uh, like Hagel, he's just one of those, you know, 
Swiss Army knives. He's a good playmaker. He's a good finisher. He's a good four checker. He's good off the rush, et cetera, et cetera. Like Chicago fumbled the bag with this one, but then, you know, they did that with Dylan Strom as well and so on and so forth. Um, I, I like, I don't get me wrong. I love Tampa one here tonight. I, all, all things considered, I think they're my favorite even strength line on the entire slate here. But two things. One, like there are some lines you can play at around that ownership that are also in pretty good spots or, you know, serviceable spots anyway. Um, you have like that boss, the new Boston top line uh, go at home against the Islanders. Um, you have Detroit one, which is a little bit uh, cheaper, but, you know, still very much serviceable. Some sort of Edmonton stack. You know, McDavid and Drysaddle plus Vogel or something like that is, is right in that price range. So there are other ways, you know, to get a really expensive stack in a really good spot here tonight. Um, Chicago's had a pretty good penalty kill. That's what worries me here is there's one thing Chicago is doing well. It's their penalty kill. Um, they're giving up the seventh fewest shot attempts uh, per minute while on the PK. Fifth fewest shots they're giving up fewer shots on the penalty kill than teams like boston los angeles and vegas and not only that they're giving up fewer goals as well like they're giving up fewer goals uh, they're giving up about the same amount of goals per minute on the penalty kill as vegas it's the one thing we always talk about that chicago does well is they kill penalties very well and they don't take a lot of penalties to begin with so if the top line only plays 17 18 minutes here tonight and they don't get a lot of power play time. I probably want the guys from the second, thirds, and third line, especially a little bit more. So I think, like, I do really like Tampa one. I think, like I said, they're my favorite even strength line on the slate. But I think, considering the power play spot and considering how good that third line is for Tampa and how bad the depth is from Chicago at five on five, I think I kind of like Esamon, Sorelli, and Janot here tonight. Yeah. I mean, my Junis Donskoy is your Mikey Esamon. So. I, I don't mind them. I just happen to like a third line in another game. And let's get to that game. Dallas Stars with a 3.6 total heading into Columbus. The Blue Jackets have a 2.5 total. That third line that I am referencing is Duchesne, Sagan, and Marchman. 10,600. Now they're getting a lot of ownership because the, they probably could fit with Colorado 1, with Edmonton power play, yada, yada, yada. So in that sense, from an ownership standpoint, maybe I would go to Sorelli and Esamont. I think they're both fine. I just got to make sure Duchesne's in. Interestingly enough, Dallas won 18300 which is wildly, wildly cheap for them. Getting a fair bit of ownership here, coming in projected around 13%. Understandable. Uh, they're very efficient. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We all love the low country lifestyle, which is why we should do our best to protect it. To get insurance that helps you protect your home from whatever the low country throws at you, contact C.T. Lowndes & Company today. Their local agents can review your coverage to help make sure you're properly protected. C.T. Lowndes & Company has been helping protect and insuring the low country since 1850. 
Visit ctlounds.com to learn more and request a quote. That's ctlounds.com. Boo jackets aren't very good. They're talented. They're fun. They're just not very good. So, like, I I don't know if I want to play Dallas 1 at 18,300 at that ownership. Like, when you can get Detroit 1 at 4%, when you can get even Boston 1 way lower owned. There's other lines in that price range that are lower owned. I understand the play. You're just hoping for maximum efficiency here. I like Dallas depth a little bit better. If you want, if you don't want to eat the 8% on Duchesne, Sagan, Marchman, you can go to Wyatt Johnson, Jamie Benn. It's the same, it's the same deal like that Cliffy just explained with Tampa. Their top guys aren't going to play, you know, 18, 19, 20 minutes. That top line for Dallas is going to play 16, 17 minutes. Duchesne, Sagan are going to play 16, 17 minutes. Ben, Johnson going to play 16, 17 minutes. So in that scenario, you go down the line. If you get savings, you get Ben on the top power play. Why Johnson's an animal. The Duchesne Marchment line has really good five on five numbers. So I really like Dallas here tonight. Uh, it's not a secret. I just went on a, I just gushed about them. Maybe I'll propose or something, but you have any interest on the other side? No, I have no interest in Columbus. Like I'm not even going to bother talking about them. It is the Dallas side that I'm, very interested in here tonight. And this is why, is you mentioned their price, 18,300 on DraftKings. Like they're way more expensive on, on FanDuel. I think they're over 24K uh, on FanDuel, even when you factor in like the relative salary cap differences, like it's way, way more expensive. So like there's not going to be much ownership on Dallas one on FanDuel. Here's the thing is they're being priced down because they weren't playing a lot of minutes. They've been getting more minutes lately. Jason Robertson's last five games, he's at 20 minutes a game exactly. And both Pavelski and Hints are over 18 minutes a night. There were, in the first three weeks of the season, Robertson was playing like 17 minutes and Pavelski and Hints were like around 16. Now, the problem is, is kind of like you mentioned, is when you're playing a team like Columbus, assuming that Dallas wins this game, which, you know, hockey is a very, very weird sport. Um, we... We've seen teams go into like Columbus and Anaheim when the teams were very bad and get their brains beat in just because, you know, the teams are taking a night off or something like that. But the Dallas top line is being priced down as if they're for sure only going to play 16, 17 minutes and they might end up playing 19 or 20. That's kind of the problem I'm running into here is I, 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 I agree with you. I don't think they're going to play a lot, but they have been playing more lately and it's putting that, kind of a little like nagging voice in the back of my head. Like these guys are going to go off eventually. These guys are going to smash the slate eventually. You know what I mean? And, you know, I think Henson Pavelski had a game last week where they both had three points. It was just Jason Robertson just didn't get, get involved. It's a great matchup for them at five on five. Like the top line with Jack Rosovic there, three expected goals against for 60 minutes, four and a half actual goals against. Spencer Martin being in net for Columbus is kind of weird because he's actually had a good start to the season, a much better one than Merce Lickens. So that's giving me a little bit of a pause, but everything about this matchup favors um, favors the Dallas top line. Like the Columbus penalty kill has been riding great goaltending. That penalty kill itself has not been very good. Um, Dallas might get 18 to 20 minutes, their top line. They have been great this year, four goals per 60 minutes, five on five. That's about what they've been scoring for years now. You talked about their efficiency. I don't know, man. Like, I, I get wanting to play Detroit or whatever um, at that price. I 
the ownership is a lot. That's what's kind of holding me back from really playing Dallas is like, I don't want to play a Dallas line that is a threat to only play 16 or 17 minutes here tonight at 15% plus ownership. That's what's holding me back from playing them. People aren't that concerned about ownership. And I really don't consider ownership a huge concern on an 11 game slate. I, I really like Dallas one here. Like I, I, I just can't get around the fact that they've been playing more minutes lately and uh, eventually they're going to drop the hammer on us and it's going to be swift and it's going to be brutal. Yeah. And it'd be nice if it was at 3% and not 15, but I do agree with you on the ownership. It really doesn't matter. You, there's so many ways to get different on 11 game slate. So we're both in on Dallas one. I also like Dallas depth. Um, fun times ahead. Arizona Coyotes with a 3.2 total heading into St. Louis. The Blues have a 3.3 total. Let me pull up these lines. I was in La La Land apparently when you were talking about Dallas. There we go. Oh, no. I had it up. <sighs> Here we go with the St. Louis lines. Always negative leverage because they're super cheap. I just don't like these lines. As simple as that. Like, I get it from a real hockey perspective. Maybe I don't. Like, they're trying to get three, they're trying to get three competent lines. Now they have three idiotic lines. So, like, I don't know. Like, Berube is going full galaxy brain, but like, I just don't want to play negative leverage, St. Louis. It's just like Verona went up with Buchnevich and Thomas last game. They looked decent, and then they went back to. Kapanen today like I understand like they want to have Kairou with Shen for whatever reason that's fine but like I don't know I just these St. Louis lines just make me want to throw myself down a flight of metal stairs and then on the flip side like Arizona one I you wouldn't want that yeah that would probably hurt but Barrett Hayton still doesn't have a point this season oh he scored a lot team did he yeah I've I had a checked out of the Arizona games. Yeah, checked out. Tuesday was a long day for me, but yeah. Oh if, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you want to go back to Arizona one, I think that's perfectly fine. They're under eighteen thousand. They're coming in two percent projected. I don't mind going back to Arizona two as a filler. Like they're not. They're getting way less ownership than that than the Dallas depth. They've been very good. The Blues depth is. Just bad. I I couldn't even think of an adjective or verb. I don't even know English right now. Who you like in this game? So it's pretty interesting the way that Arizona's kind of rejigged their lines since Jason Zucker got hurt. Like Logan Cooley was the second genuine second line center for the first couple weeks of the season. He was playing like 19 minutes a game. Um, that's not been the case. Like there's there are games where he's going to play a lot of minutes because of the power play and all that, but. Um, They've turned the Michelli line into a genuine second line for them. You and I, biggest Michelli fans on planet Earth. Um, I, I wrote him up uh, in the picks article. Besides Again, Mama Michelli. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know. I've never met her. I might be a bigger fan of, of her sons than she is. Um, I wrote up uh, Michelli uh, in the picks article today. Um, 1.82 even strength assists per 60 minutes last year. 95th percentile of all forwards. So far this season, he's 85th percentile of all forwards. I sent out um, some messages earlier today about how on a per-minute basis, 
He has a higher even strength assist rate than guys like Jason Robertson and Artemi Panarin since the start of last year. He's genuinely one of the best playmakers in the league. But he's also adding some shots to his profile. That was the thing that was missing. He just didn't shoot a lot. He was like a Michael Granlund or Alex Wenberg or, so, or something like that. He's not shooting a ton. He's only at 1.8 shots per game. But that is a lot more shooting. And the bonus here is that you're not going to get the Pavel Buchnevich line, which I think would be the best defensive line from St. Louis. You're not going to get that matchup. That's going to go into the Arizona top line. So you're going to get second and third line matchups from the Blues. The Blues have been, I mean, just about every line has been bad, but, you know, their depth lines have been especially terrible. Um, That Arizona line is coming in with a bit high ownership. Like, they're coming in over leveraged. I'll bring up top stacks uh, real quick. 1% top two stack, 2.7% ownership. Honestly, that's fine for me. Like, I really don't care at that point. Like, you know what I mean? They're going to come in with under 3% ownership. I'm not that concerned about negative leverage. I think it's just a tremendous matchup for them. There have been some nights where they played in the upper teens for minutes, like 17, 18, 19 minutes. Lawson Krause has been scoring lately. Nick Bukestad has obviously been chipping in. I really like that Arizona second line in this matchup. That's one of the filler lines that I'm looking towards uh, on this slate. On the St. Louis side, it's bad chalk. Like, there's just no way around it, right? Like, anybody that remembers watching the show last year, basically the final third of the season, like every single game Nashville was at home, they would carry 15, 20% ownership because the entire, every single line was like $11,000 on DraftKings. So people kept playing. It was like, here's a top line playing 18 minutes, priced at 11K. Um, it's not quite that for St. Louis. I think this same, I think there's more talent on the St. Louis team than the end of that than the end of the season in Nashville last year. But I'm not going to play a Nash, a St. Louis line that this team sucks. Like, there's just no way around it. I'm not going to play a St. Louis line that is going to be triple their top stack percentage um, when I can play an actually good uh, Arizona line. Like, at least the Arizona line is outchancing their opponents. The St. Louis lines are not doing that. So Arizona 2, I really like as a filler stack here. Like, if I were to play anything on the St. Louis side, like, I suppose it would be the Shen Kairu two-man because, as you know, as good as uh, the Arizona second line is offensively, they do give up their fair share of chances. Um, and you do get Kairu and Shen on the top power play. Kairu is the shooter on the team, basically. So you don't even need a ton of goals. He could get there with, you know, the five-shot bonus or whatever, plus an assist or something. Um, so I do don't mind St. Louis too, but it's Arizona too that I like the best in this game. Yeah. And I forgot what I was going to say because with that, oh, with, with Nashville chalk last year, what do we say? If it burns me, it burns me. You know That's what I mean? Thing. Like if, if brain, if, if like a 9% brain Shen gets a hat trick tonight, like I'll, awesome. be, I'll, I'll sleep snug and soundly in my bed tonight, knowing I still made the right decision. It just didn't work out tonight. Yeah, if Kasperi Kapanen couldn't even make it on the fourth line in Pittsburgh and he beats me in DFS tonight, you know, top line Kasperi Kapanen, like, good good for you, Kasperi. I'll be back tomorrow making a fool of myself on YouTube again. So here we go. Let's talk about the flowchart. Nashville Predators with a 2.8 total. Heading into Winnipeg, the Jets have a 3.2 total. We got flowcharted on Tuesday. Bad. Sometimes the flowchart comes for the... Yeah, Woo. they were the best line of the night. Uh, they were in all the winning lineups. Um, I I don't know what to make of this because again, 
right? The flow chart says if this is an easier matchup, but there's, which is kind of is, you fade. But the caveat to that is they have to have high ownership. And they're coming in at 3% projected. And the thing is, like, with Ayafalo up there with Shifley and Connor, they hadn't been good literally at all until that game. Now, line matching, kind of important here. If they're going to see a fair bit of that O'Reilly-Forsberg line, then it's kind of me. But once you get past them and you get past Yossi, you get past Carrier and McDonough, it's just a whole lot of bleh. So I, I kind of, at, at 19-1, it's, it's another one of these lines, right? You throw them in with Dallas one, you throw them in with Detroit one in that price range that are not getting a ton of ownership that I have interest in. Now on the flip side, no one's playing Nashville one here. And that line with Gustav Nyquist up there has been ridiculously good offensive, at least from expected numbers. Now finishing is another issue. Philip Forsberg is the most snake-bitten person I've ever met in my life. I actually haven't met him, but like I feel like if I did, he'd be the most snake-bitten person I've ever met. So I kind of like both top lines here. Yeah, I it, I don't think it's a good five-on-five matchup for Winnipeg's top line, even if they get the second and third lines. Because like the second and third lines from Nashville have still been pretty good defensively, right? Like the Novak line is at 2.4 expected goals against per 60 minutes. That's a little bit better than league average. Uh, the training line, I think, is at around 2.1 or 2.2. Like, that's a lot better than the league average. And then you're facing UC Saros on top of that, right? Like, though, like it doesn't matter which line you face from Nashville. It's going to be a top five-on-five five matchup. Where Nashville is getting in trouble is on the penalty kill because their penalty kill has not been very good. Um, so far this season, Nashville is giving up the fifth most shot attempts uh, on the penalty kill so far this season. It's leading to the second most goals against per minute um, of penalty kill time so far this year. The Winnipeg power play has just not been very good. And honestly, it's just not, it hasn't really been that good since Paul Maurice left. Uh, I was reading, I, I was reading a, a, a Twitter thread from a Winnipeg writer that I followed, like a, a, an analytics blogger. And he was talking about how the big problem with their power play is that everything goes to Kyle Connor, right? It's kind of like the old Ovechkin thing where <laughs> almost every shot that the team takes is going to end up. Uh, coming from Kyle Connor. So that's basically what they're setting up all the time. Except Kyle Connor's not Alex Ovechkin. Like he's a very good goal scorer, one of the you know top 20 goal scorers in the NHL. Alex Ovechkin might be the greatest goal scorer that the, that the league has ever seen. Like you cannot compare those two people and you cannot run a power play the same way. So it's one of those things like can if, if Winnipeg gets one goal uh, at even strength, they probably need two on the power play to really have uh, or yeah, at least two on the power play, you know, maybe one on the power play, one empty net or something like that. But they, it seems like it's a pretty, like you're drawing pretty thin to what they can, to what they have to do to succeed here tonight. But at that ownership, I think it's just fine in a single entry. I don't think I would play Winnipeg here tonight. Um, once I get to like 20 max and above, then you really do have to consider them uh, just because at two, 3% ownership, the Nashville penalty kill is bad enough to give up two or three goals in a game. That's the thing. And that's, that's the concern I have about not playing Winnipeg, but um, I, I don't think I'm going to be playing them personally on the Nashville side. Hey, it is interesting here because they're going to be going up against the Mason Navelton, Adam Lowry line. Now that line has actually been good defensively. I got to think it's because of Lowry need a rider and not because of Mason Appleton, but I, <laughs> he's there. So it's happening. Um, 
but the Winnipeg penalty kill itself has not been very good this year. The fifth most goals against uh, per minute on the season. Now, a lot of it has been the goaltending. A lot of it has been miscues. Like, I'd watch enough Winnipeg games to know, like, a, a missed mark uh, on the penalty kill, uh, you know, fumbling up on, a, on a clear that should have gone out and the puck stays in and now everybody's scrambling. Those are the types of mistakes that are killing the Winnipeg penalty kill. It's not that it's a bad PK itself. It's just that they can't stop making mistakes um, that lead to basically a goal against per game while they're shorthanded. So um, I want if I do that, I want to get guys on the power play, and that means going to Nashville one. So if anything from the Nashville side, it would be that Forsberg-O'Reilly-Nyquist line, only coming in at 1% ownership, uh, 16800 on DraftKings. Perfectly acceptable to use here tonight. Um, but I think, if anything, I would play the Winnipeg side here, the Winnipeg top line. Um, but I'm going to be honest, in my single entry, I don't think it's a game I'm going to consider. Yeah, I should clarify. I do like this game from an MME perspective. Will they make it into my single entry lineup? They are circled, but chances are they won't. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For whatever reason, there's always been a stigma around mental health in our communities. Some people say that talking about your feelings makes you weak. But you know what? It doesn't make you weak. It makes you human. No matter what you're struggling with, you can call or text 988-LIFELINE to connect with a trained crisis counselor and get the resources and support you need. No judgment, no stigma, just hope. Text or call 988-SUICIDE-AND-CRISIS-LIFELINE day or night. 988-HOPE has a new number. As we mentioned off the hop of the show, we are sponsored by Vivid Picks. Easy, Haas. No Jenna Jameson. This is DFS. Get a $300 deposit match on your first deposit. The standard deposit match is $100, so you won't get this offer anywhere else other than using the link in the description below. Your first entry on Viv Picks, that sounds sexy, comes with a $25 secure play. If you lose your first entry, you get refunded up to $25 in Viv site credit. Predict whether the uh, players will have more or less than their projected stats across multiple sports and combine your selections for bigger payouts. So click that link in the description below. Get your $300 deposit match and $25 secure play from VivPix. Let's move on to the... I have an issue. I got problems. Let's move on to... We all know. Yeah, Let's know. move on to the next one. Seattle Kraken with a 2.7 total. Heading into Colorado... The Avs have a 3.7 total. Here we here we go again. Like, if Edmonton wasn't on this slate, Colorado would get a lot of ownership here. Now they're putting Arturi Lekkinen back up on the top line, so that makes the top line for Colorado 24,400. That is expensive. And that is why their projected ownership is under 2%. Seattle just is like if you look up the definition of average, you would see a picture of the Seattle Kraken logo. Like that's just how I feel about the Kraken right now. Colorado top line, interesting play here. Because anytime you can get McKinnon and Rantanen for that low of ownership on a slate with McDavid, with all these these big guns, like 
it piques my interest. Well, I get there in single entry, 24,400 is a, an expensive pill to swallow. I think in MME, if I was 20 maxing 150, I'd be way over the field. And it wouldn't take much to get way over the field on Colorado one here. Now, in single entry, it's a tougher call. There are some depth lines that I like, but there's also a ton of lines in the sixteen dollars to $18,000 range in matchups that I like as well. So this game's a bit of enigma from Colorado one perspective. Uh, on the flip side, I guess on Seattle, it'd be the Bjorkstrand, Gord, Tolvin in line. But like, again, they're super cheap. It just feels like it's so hard to nail down Seattle. Yeah. A um, couple notes on Seattle. Obviously, Jordan Eberle's not going to be playing. He took a skate cut to his leg. Man, that's tough. They said that, but everything, everything's gone well so far. They're, they're calling him day-to-day, so uh, that's good news. They called up Shane Wright. I haven't seen – I I was just searching on Twitter. I haven't seen any long combinations or anything like that. going to play seven minutes on the fourth line. Yeah. <laughs> um, it makes me wonder what they're going to do with their lines because Everly was playing with Schwartz and Wenberg. Um, Schwartz and Wenberg played a lot together last year and weren't very good. Um, like they were good defensively, but they couldn't create any offense. So, you know, assuming somebody like Ty Cartier or whatever moves up to that line, like I'm not going to play them. I'm not playing a line with Kyler Yamamoto. I went through all that at like since he, since he got moved up. I went all through over that on the show on Tuesday. I'm not playing a line with Kyler Yamamoto on it. So I agree with you. It's Bjorkshire and Tolman and Gord over 60 shot attempts per 60 minutes, 2.9 expected goals uh, per 60 minutes um, since being put together under 3% ownership. You're going to avoid the top line for Colorado. They're split across the power play units, but um, with Everly out, I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do. And they seem to be changing the power play units almost every game anyway. So like it doesn't really matter to me. Um, but they have been good at five on five. Uh, Colorado's, you know, they've been fine, certainly, but they do have guys going in and out of the lineup. Um, I don't mind uh, Gord and Bjorkstrand uh, here tonight, but it, yeah, it is Colorado one. I mentioned them in that picks article. Um, I'll bring up, I'll show everybody just their ownership is low. Oh, sorry. Uh, 28% top two stack. Uh, 11% ownership. Um, one thing I mentioned is that if, if you want to save some money, like you can take off Arturi Lekin and put in Ryan Johansson. I think it saves 1500 on DraftKings. 1500 can go a long way when you're playing uh, a line that expensive. Um, Seattle's penalty kill has really, really struggled so far this year, allowing shots, expected goals, goals, bad penalty kill, save percentage, everything. Um, so I, if I'm playing Colorado here tonight, I want to focus on their four power play forwards. Like I said, I think you can just take off like it and put in Ryan Johansson. It's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Let's move on to the two late games that we're going to be staying out for. Unfortunately, the Pittsburgh Penguins with a 3.2 total heading into Los Angeles. The Kangs, our Kings, have a 3.4 total. Kings uh, won last night 4-1. to one. Cam Tablet looked good, so it's probably going to be Phoenix Copley in net. Tristan Yari is out, so I, who's different? Oh, uh, Delkovich is their backup. He's probably starting tonight. No, he's hurt. Oh, it's it's hurt. It's Hellboy. Magnus oh. Hellboy. Yeah. I knew that at the beginning of the show, and I was – anyway, we don't have time for that kind of shenanigans. No ownership on Pittsburgh. Literally none on Pittsburgh 1, as Jake mentioned in our little work chat. 
he's going to go broke playing them because he keeps playing them. They have like over four and a half expected goals for 60 minutes. They just can't finish. I, you know, it's a finishing issue. Eventually the dam is going to break. Maybe they need to go spearmint rhino. I don't know what they need to do, but at 0.3% projected at 22,500 interest in Pittsburgh one. The more interesting thing is what to do with the Kings, because as good as the Crosby Gensel rust line has been offensively, they've been trading chances. So, and, and the Kopitar Kempe line coming in with the least amount of ownership at the Kings line. I, I like both top lines here. You want to go to LA two or three, perfectly fine. You want to go to Pitts, Pittsburgh two, perfectly fine. There's a lot in this game that I like. Yeah, I, I do like Kings one the best here. Um, you mentioned their low ownership. This is one of the 16K lines that I was talking about earlier that's coming in with no ownership, 0.7%. They just had a big game last night. They're up to three and a half expected goals, 3.8 actual goals per 60 minutes of five on five. They're scoring more than the Pittsburgh second line is, uh, just to kind of put that into context. Now, what worries me is that they, the – King's second power play unit has been their better power play unit basically all season. And that was the same thing last year. And last night they finally got more ice time than the top unit. And the top unit is the one that has Kempe and Kopitar on it. So they might lose some power play time, but Pittsburgh doesn't take a lot of penalties. 3.4 time shorthanded per game. That's below average. So I kind of like going to, uh, I don't mind going Kings one here. It's Kings 3 that I think I have interest in. It's Dano, Moore, Kaliev. They've been great all season. They played like 16 to 18 minutes last night because of all the additional power play time. Again, they are the better power play unit. Um, I think all three guys are on there, or at least two out of three, at least Dano and Kaliev. Um, so you're getting a lot of uh, a good correlation. They've been phenomenal so far this season. They were great last year together. I really like Kings 3 here, but I think... You know, if I'm playing a ton of lineups, I want to make sure I get some Kings one because, like you said, Pittsburgh has been trading chances back and forth. Their top line has been anyway, and that could play really well in Kempe and Kopitar's favor here tonight. Yeah, I mean, that game's a scene. Let's get to the the. I don't, I don't even want to talk about this game, man. Edmonton Oilers with a four point three total. I don't think the Sharks have a four point three total combined for all this game their games this season. Going into San Jose, the Sharks have a two point five total somehow because Edmonton is a tire fire defensively. <sighs> okay, Edmonton going with five on five lines of Connor McDavid, Zach Hyman, Ryan McLeod. Why? I don't know. Second line: Leon Drysaddle, McLovin, Lauren Fogle, and Dylan Holloway. I don't think I've ever played Dylan Holloway in DFS. So lock him in for a hat trick. Third line of Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Evander Kane, Sam Gagne. I'm going to make it quick on the Oilers here, right? The Sharks are bad 5-5. Five and five. They're bad on the penalty kill. I think if I don't play any of the power play, like if I'm going to one-off a guy that's not on the power play, it's going to be Warren Fogle. Now, I'm going to concentrate on their big power play guys. I'm going to concentrate on Evan Bouchard. But I think like – if you want to get away from like the wild McDavid dry saddle Bouchard stacks, I think you can five on five stack dry saddle Fogle on the Sharks. Like, you got to consider that top line because Edmonton is just bad. Like, yeah, they have McDavid, yeah, they have dry saddle, and yeah, they're going to score goals, but their goaltending's been bad, their blue line's been bad. Eklund scored on the top line. I think like him and Hurdle are going to get some good 
chemistry together. I don't mind taking a stab on the Sharks top line tonight. Yeah, I don't either. Um, and I can't believe I'm saying that. But, I, you know, talked about them uh, on the last show. And I even wrote up Eklund in, the, in my last picks article and then he went and scored. Um, they are coming in a little bit over-owned and it's one of those cases like, do I want to play a San Jose top line that's coming in at double double their top two stack percentage? And the answer is no. <laughs> like It's the same thing with St. Louis. Like, I'm just not going to do it. So, like, if I wake up and, and a Thomas Hurdle hat trick buries me, it, I'll just, you know, I'll go get a coffee and just go about my day. Like, screw it. I honestly don't care. Um, I just, I'm, I, I, I'm just not... I'm not I'm not playing a chalk I'm not playing a chalky San Jose at any point this season. That's just not something I'm gonna do. So the Edmonton side is where things get interesting because Fogel and Drysaddle, we were talking before the show, Fogel and Drysaddle have had pretty good numbers together going back to last year. Uh, even without Connor McDavid on the line with them. 155 minutes together, 3.2 expected goals for five actual goals per 60 minutes. Warren Fogel's averaging over three shots per game so far this season. He has the most even strength shots of any Oilers player so far this season. So, like, I agree with you uh, on stacking um, that Fogel line. If you want to just stack them at even strength, like, go right ahead. And I'll bring up top stacks uh, one last time. Dry side of Fogel, Holloway, 3.3%. Top 2%, 3.4%. Actual. Now, one thing I think he can do, like, you don't have to play both McDavid and Dry side. Like, we like to, but you don't always have to. And you can do something like Dreisaitl, Fogel, plus Nugent Hopkins, right? Uh, you get the three guys, you get two out of the three guys on the power play. You get Dreisaitl and Fogel that played so well together. Um, I, I, I'm i not convinced Ryan McLeod is, is going to last long on the top line. So I honestly, I agree with you. If I'm going to even strength stack any Edmonton line, it is that Dreisaitl, Fogel, Holloway line. I think I'd be inclined to drop Holloway off the stack and add Nugent Hopkins or add Zach Hyman. Or if you just want to, just go straight to Connor McDavid and do a McDavid dry side plus Fogel or something like that. Um, anybody out there that's fading Edmonton, I think I might end up fading Edmonton here tonight. Thoughts and prayers. That's all. It, 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 you're going to need a lot of luck. Um, but hopefully... Hopefully um, they come through if you do stack them. But yeah, I agree with you. Dreisaitl Fogel um, is the two-man that I really like. And then just add the power play guys that you want after that. Yeah, because Dreisaitl is a wing on DraftKings. So you're going to need a center if you go Dreisaitl Fogel. So yeah, Sharks. And then we've got to talk about him again tomorrow night in Vegas. For the love of God. For the love of God. All right, let's coming up after us. At 4.30, we have the Owner's Box Live with Greg Ehrenberg. Then at 5 p.m. Eastern, NBA Deeper Dive with Josh Engelman and Adam Schur. 6 p.m. NBA Live Before Lock with Lindy and Matt Bellman. 7.15 p.m. Eastern, NFL Showdown Live Before Lock with Lafayette and Neil. A lot going on today, so make sure to stick, stay tuned for that. Let's talk a little about defensemen and goalies before we get out of here. Bouchard kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. Who else are you liking? Yeah, Bouchard, obviously. Going right back to Jake Sanderson, I think makes sense. Like, Vancouver's penalty kill still sucks. Like, you know, as good as the rest of the team has been so far this year, the penalty kill is not. Um, Mike Matheson is interesting in that Detroit matchup, but his ice time has been going down. I don't know if I want to pay. I think it's 6400 So, I think Bouchard and Sanderson are the two that really kind of stand out to me. Obviously, Darnell Nurse. Like Darnell Nurse, Matias Ekholm, like every single defenseman in, <laughs> in the Oilers lineup is certainly in play here. Jake Wallman, 4,400. Miro Haskinen down to 5,200 going into Columbus, I think is a really interesting play. 
Um, if you don't want to play an expensive Quinn Hughes, play Philip Hronick instead. Um, yeah, I, Hughes makes sense as an expensive guy. There's a pair of $2,500 defensemen if you want to save some cash. Uh, Justin Hall for Detroit is $2,500. Zach Lagosian just getting into the lineup from Minnesota, also $2,500. Um, Alex Vlasic for Chicago, he might end up having to block a lot of shots here tonight. Um, he's only 3K. Brandon Carlo's been playing more minutes with all the defensemen Boston's missing. He's 3,400. And obviously, um, Eric Gustafson, 3,900 for the New York Rangers, still running that power play unit. Yep. I'll just add on Mario Ferraro, 3,900 as well. He might block 47 shots tonight. Let's talk a little bit about goalies. Spend up options, always fun. Nothing really exciting there besides maybe Jake Ottinger, but I'm probably going to be spending down again. You look down at the bottom of the the barrel here, Luis Domingue, min price obviously sticks out there. You have Peter Morazic at 7K, although Tampa Bay, not the highest volume team. Spencer Martin, Caden Primo. Like, there's just a, not a lot of goalies. Like, Sorokin kind of sticks out. Joel Hofer, I get like, there's not one where I go, hmm, I probably should put him in my lineup. Who you like him? I mean, I did that with Sorokin. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I'm sorry, 7,400 in Boston. Boston's not the high-scoring team t- that they've typically been. So, you know, Sorokin might see a lot of shots, but not necessarily a lot of goals. So I do like Sorokin. I also like Allmark in that game. Like, I think two of my three favorite goalies, two of my four favorite goalies on the slate are in the same game, and I always hate that. But I do like Sorokin uh, and Allmark, or whomever starts. I, is it Swayman? Um, it, it, no one's confirmed there yet. Okay. Uh, so, Yeah. Um, Sorokin and then whoever starts for Boston. I agree on Spencer Martin for Columbus. Um, I like him. He's been playing well so far this season. I liked him in Vancouver as well. I'm surprised that they let him go. Uh, and yeah, Louis Domingue. Uh, <laughs> Louis Domingue uh, for super cheap. Uh, this is going to be hard to pass up at 6,500. Yeah, I feel like he's going to be popular with the Edmonton stackers. That's just what it's going to be. Who are you liking for your hat trick pick? I'm going, I'm taking a page out of your book. I'm going a little bit spicy here tonight. Not too much spice, maybe like a three alarm chili spice. Uh, Luke Evangelista. Ooh, I like that. I'm going three million Scoville units spicy tonight. I don't think you're ready for this. I'm going Lucas Raymond. (laughs) Okay. I really hope not because he's playing my halves, but, you know, good luck. All right. We will be back tomorrow to break down more Sharks action. Remember, Vivid Picks. And you can sign up uh, for premium by clicking the link in the description below. Make sure to smash that like on the way out. Sure, we'll have some Marvels talk tomorrow. It's a six-game slate. We'll have a little time for some uh, chit-chat. So uh, good luck, everybody, and we'll see you tomorrow. Good luck tonight, everyone. Es la venta para amigos y familiares de Macy's. Ahorra un 30% extra en ideas para regalos de diseñador que les encantarán. Y un 15% menos en belleza, cuidado de la piel y juegos de regalo de fragancias con tu cupón o tarjeta Macy's. Esto además de las increíbles ofertas, como vestidos para las fiestas para ellas, 150 dólares y menos. Además, compra los mejores juguetes de la temporada, The Monster High, Discovery y más, 10 a 50% menos en Macy's. Ahorra sobre precios regulares en oferta y liquidación, aplica excepciones. Hello, Saver. Whether you're saving for that trip to the tropics or saving for an emergency, now is the time to take advantage of Wells Fargo's savings options. 
Wells Fargo offers savings accounts that can help you save towards your goals. So, what are you saving for? Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash save to open a savings account today. Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Member FDIC. 